Good morning. I thought we'd help the TAC out and give you a bit of good advice on driving along. If you are a younger person here, I would like to invite you sort of grade three up to, to listen in um, this morning, because I really believe that God wants to actually speak to you as well. Sometimes we think this is the room for, for the adults, but if you're grade three and all the way up, um, I, and if you're younger as well, I would really encourage you um, to listen in, because I believe that God wants to speak to you about prayer as well. When we drive a car, we obviously use our hands to drive, and isn't it funny whenever we're pretending we're driving a car, the wheel moves so much, but uh, we use our hands a lot to do it, but we also use our hands to signal to other drivers too, because they can't hear our voices. I thought I would demonstrate my three commonest, my, the three hand signals that I probably use the most often, it's all clean and safe, um, and I want you to guess what they are, but don't tell me, I won't be able to hear you, tell somebody next to you, okay, so here I am driving the car. All right, this is by far the commonest, many times each day. Okay, what does it mean when I do this? I'm going to try not to use my face. Okay, what does it mean when I do this? So if you're younger or anybody, you just turn and say, what's that? That's the really obvious one. Yeah? Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm thanking people. Okay, I've had to really practice doing these without my face. Okay, this one I don't use. This is, these next two are not very common at all, but okay. So when I'm driving along, this is possibly my next common one, okay. Or, no face, no face. Okay. What would that be? Ooh. A bit like thank you, it's not thank you. I'm going to add my face in a moment. Have you got any idea? You may never have to do this. Okay, this is my next, uh, this is it, I'll do it with my face. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I cut you off. Sorry, I pulled in there. <laughs> And my next one, that again is not that often. Okay, no face. Uh, what is it? Oh, yes. Okay, driving along. <laughs> what does that one mean? What on earth are you doing? What are you thinking doing that? The last two are about fairly common with each other. We use our hands a lot. Um, some people use their hands far more than others uh, to communicate. I think I use my hands quite a bit. We're going to come back and think about hands a little bit later. This morning, as we've heard, we're continuing to think about prayer. I love listening to Kaz and Chris because um, they describe perfectly uh, what I would call the life with God life, the with God life. Because if we choose to follow Jesus, then we enter into the with God life. And prayer is just our conversation. It's just the communication that goes on between us. And as Troy said and started last time, we're thinking about ask to start with. And this morning, we're thinking particularly about asking God for things for other people. Not ourselves so much, but asking God for things for other people. And the fancy long word we use for this is interceding. Do you know how powerful God is? I have a clicker somewhere, thank you. Thanks, Joy. Do you know how powerful God is? We don't fully get it, but with a word, just a word out of his mouth, he can create a star up in space. Just with one word, he can create a mountain range. He can create a fish. He can create the ocean that the fish is swimming in. He is so powerful. God is so powerful that with a breath, he can take a clay form of a man and breathe life into that man. God is so powerful that he can part a sea. 
He can calm a storm. He can open eyes that have been blind. God is amazing. God is powerful and God is good. When we think about prayer, some bits of it are quite simple, but other bits of it are a bit of a mystery and are quite tricky to get our head around. If you've heard of Albert Einstein, uh, you'll know that he is a pretty smart man, and even he reckons that prayer is tricky and difficult to get our heads around. But there's, I, I just want to try and help us, I think, a little, and I hope I'm right um, in what I'm saying here. But I think when it comes to God and his power, because he is so powerful... But when it comes to him um, and us in this world, that he puts limits on himself. So it's a little bit like, if you put limits, it's a bit like putting a fence around something. So maybe you say to somebody, so you're stopping them slightly. So you say, yes, you can go and play outside, but just in the garden, not in the street. You say, yes, you can have a biscuit. You can have biscuits, but you can only have one. Yes, you can play on your iPad, but you can only play on it for an hour or half an hour or whoever. So setting limits on things. And I believe that when it comes to God's power, he has set limits on his power. It's like he's put a fence around it. He could just be going, save that, fix that, stop that, yes to you, no to you, yes, and just doing, um, showing his power in the world all the time like that. But I think he doesn't. I think he chooses not to. Tricky. Why? Why would he do that? Like I said, it's, it's really hard for us to get our head around. But I think it's because he made a deal with himself. Maybe you've made a deal with yourself one time. You said, I'm not going to watch telly this week. I'm going to not eat chocolate, not drink coffee or whatever this week. But I think that God has made a deal with himself and he's made a deal with us. Because when God made us, when God created us, why did he create us? He created us to be in relationship with him, that we can live the with God life. And he created us to rule over this world and the creatures in it. And he created us to love and care for the world and to love and care for each other. But for us to be able to do that, we have to have freedom. And we have to be able to make decisions. We have to be able to make decisions. I'm going to care for the world and its creatures in this way and in that way. I'm going to love the other people in the world in this way and in that way. He gave us the freedom to decide whether we love him or not as well. Now, if he just continually was acting in power around um, him and every situation that he sees it would actually mean that we cannot live as we're created to live because he would be making all the decisions. There wouldn't be the decisions for us to make. So if God, though, is saying, okay, I'm going to limit my power because, um, because I want to give you freedom and I want to let you make decisions, does that mean he just goes, great, I'm going to sit back? I'm going to just watch. I'm going to twiddle my thumbs as I'm watching. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Because it's about the with God life. It's about life with God. He wants to do this life with us. He wants to talk to us in the playground, as Kaz was saying. He wants to talk with us, and he wants us to talk to him as we're being a physio, as we're doing whatever it is that we're doing. 
He wants us to pray to him. He wants to show his power in the world. But he wants to do it as we ask him to. As we say, God, will you be with me in this moment? God, will you please show your power in that, um, in that situation? Mystery. Sometimes we see him power when maybe nobody asks. We don't know. But I think that it's about us being partners with him in this world. He wants to be our partner as we live the with God life in this world. And as we live the with God life in this world, what an incredible difference we can see in the lives of people around us, in the world around us. We're going to look at the story of Moses. Here he is. Um, that's Moses by the burning bush. Um, and, but we're going to look at a story a little bit later. Now, Moses is a man who lives the life with God life. And he um, sees incredible differences. He's seen incredible things when we come to the story. But when he first um, encounters God in this bush that's actually on fire, um, when he first meets God, God says to him, Moses, what is in your hands? And Moses is like a shepherd's staff because he was a shepherd. And God says to him, Moses, I'm going to use you. I'm going to use you to speak to Pharaoh. I'm going to use you to speak to people. I'm going to use you to set my people free. And we see this incredible series of things, the escape from Egypt, the parting of the Red Sea, because um, God has said to him, I'm going to do amazing things with this staff that is in your hand. It's a piece of wood, but I am going to do amazing things. Be confident because you're going to carry that with you and we're going to do amazing things. They get through the Red Sea. They go into the wilderness and there is food for them to eat, provided in the morning, provided in the night. They get thirsty. So Moses hits this big rock um, with his staff and water gushes from it. And so they have enough water to drink as well. So they're in this place, they're in the wilderness and um, they're free. They're moaning a lot, but they're free. They've got enough water. They've got enough food to eat. So it looks like maybe things are going to be good now. But then another army comes along to attack them. Another people group decide that they are going to come to them and attack them. The story of the Amalekites coming to attack them. Moses lives the with God life. He knows that God can make a difference through him. So he says to Joshua, Joshua, I want you to take some men and I want you to go off and fight. And he takes two men. I'm sure you've, many of you will have heard the story before. Maybe not all of you. And Moses climbs the hill. Um, that's a very tall mountain, that one. But he climbs a hillside um, and he stands on the hillside at first. And he knows what he needs to do. And he raises his hands to God. He holds his staff in his hand and he raises his hands to God. And if you know the story, whenever his hands are raised that day, the battle rages all day. Whenever his hands are raised, the people of God are winning the battle. There is only a certain amount of time you can keep your hands raised. And so his arms get tired. But whenever he lowers his hands, the people of God, the Israelites, are losing the battle. So these two fabulous chaps that he's got with him sit him down on this boulder on a rock where he can still see. And they stand either side of him. So he is sitting, but his arms are raised to God for the whole of the time. And because of that, the people of God are kept safe. They win the battle. The Amalekites are, are gone, um, and they win the battle. An interesting thought, though, 
here are the Amalekites, uh, the Israelites, um, the people of God, before the battle, when they've come out, they've got the water, the food, they're safe. And here are the Amalekites coming along to attack them. Now, God knows this. God knows that here's the Israelites and the Amalekites are coming to attack them. Now, God, being powerful, could, before they got round the last bend, could have wiped them out. He could have distracted them. He could have sent them off home for some reason that they needed to go to. But he didn't. And they came. And Moses learnt again, that he can be used by God to make a difference. So much is a mystery, but we know that God is good and powerful and can make a difference through us. Many, many years later, Jesus, Jesus, like God, lives the with God life. In fact, Jesus is God with us, so it's different again, and he knows that he can make a difference. He heals the sick, he calms the storm and then later on his hands are nailed to a cross, nailed to a cross so that death and sin are defeated, so that absolutely every single one of us can join the with God life, the life with God life. Jesus knows without a doubt that God will work in him and through him to do incredible things. And because of that, we can know and love God and be known and loved by God. I believe that absolutely every single person in this world can make a difference for good, a difference for good in the world, because that's how we were made. We were made to rule, to love, to care in this world. But I believe that as we partner with God, that as we choose the with God life, that the Holy Spirit comes and lives within us. And as we talk to God, we can see incredible differences in the world around us. Another little mystery, another tricky thing that we're going to unpack in a whole morning um, in a few weeks' time, but I just want to touch on briefly this morning, is that sometimes when we pray, we pray and God goes, yes, let's do that now. And sometimes he doesn't. We won't know why necessarily until maybe when we come to meet him face to face, I don't know. But sometimes though he says, yes, but not quite yet. Sometimes he says, yes, but it's not actually going to look like you think it's going to look. And sometimes he says, no, no. But God wants us to keep on praying. It is fascinating looking at the prayers of Jesus. Jesus um, one time went up and spent a whole night on a mountainside praying um, to God. And um, he then comes down and he chooses his 12 disciples, his 12 closest followers. So um, when he's up on the hillside for the whole night, I'm sure a lot of that time was going, okay, God, I've got a lot of followers here. Which, one am I, which ones am I going to have as my 12? And so he comes down off the mountainside and he chooses these 12 disciples um, to be his particularly close followers. Over the next three years, oh my, he gets so frustrated with those 12 uh, followers of him. He gets frustrated with their lack of faith. One of them, he says, get behind me, Satan too. At one point, Jesus says, how long do I have to put up with you? 
I wonder, did Jesus think, God, I prayed you gave me these 12? I don't know. I have no idea. But I wonder what he thought. God spent a lot of long time in prayer. But the one that we have in the Bible that's the longest, it's written as the longest one, is Jesus praying for the followers that will come after um, him. So like us and people before us and after us. And what does he pray for us? Unity. Unity. But how soon after Jesus prayed did his followers start arguing and bickering and splitting into groups? And that has continued. I don't know. Does Jesus wonder? Does he wonder... When is this going to happen? When is there going to be unity amongst my followers? I don't know. But Jesus kept praying and he keeps praying. We're told in the Bible that Jesus is still praying. He is still praying beside God. So we are called in our prayers to pray on and to pray on and to pray on. Now, I, if I have to be honest, I'm not all that young anymore. Uh, I am contentedly middle-aged, I've decided. But God is still teaching me, and I think he's going to be teaching me until I'm very old, more and more and more and more about prayer. When I was very, very little, um, I was taught to pray with my eyes shut and my hands together like this. I don't remember whether I was in my bed or on my bed, but my bed had something to do with it. Um, and I prayed like this. And then when I grew a little bit older, I learned um, that it doesn't matter like we heard. It doesn't matter where you pray. It doesn't matter uh, what time of day you pray. You don't have to be connected to your bed in some way, um, but you can pray anytime, anywhere. But actually, I am finding more and more that I'm using my hands again in prayer. We don't have to use our hands in prayer at all, but I'm finding it really helpful, and I thought I'd share a little bit with that with you, just in case it's helpful um, for you too. Um, I have seen God do amazing things in the world around me um, as I have prayed, um, and, and I encourage all of us to pray and pray on, and if this helps in any little way, then that's fantastic. I think why it's helpful sometimes is because like when we're driving a car um, and we signal to other people, it shows what's going on inside of us. So when I go, I'm feeling thankful to that person for letting me through. When I go, I'm feeling slightly embarrassed, I'm pretty bad. When I go, I'm feeling frustrated <laughs> inside of me. Um, and so when I when I pray and I use my hands, it can sometimes help me know what's going on inside of me. We often pray with our minds, but God is most interested, I think, in what is going on in our hearts. I know that um, Kaz mentioned that as well. So I thought I'd just show you a few ways that I use my hands to pray. Now, this is one way that I use my hands to pray. This is Jared helping us out here. So I, I pray like this sometimes sometimes occasionally like that. And I'm praying, um, I suppose, like Moses did. I'm praying for protection. I'm praying for victory. But in my mind, I'm not actually picturing um, a, she uh, a staff. I'm actually picturing a shield. It tells us in the Bible, in Ephesians, um, that we are to take up our shield of faith and hold it. So if ever I'm sensing maybe there's a bit of a spiritual battle happening here, maybe I'm thinking there seems to be um, evil or darkness at work in this situation, then I raise my hand to pray and I pray, um, God, I'm holding up my shield of faith in this situation and pray like that. Another thing that I do with my hands um, is pray like this. I pray with my hands together somehow. And this is when in my heart I am pleading 
with God. Please hear my prayer for this situation. Please heal that person. Please be with that person. Please rescue that person. Sometimes I pray, is Sophie helping us with my hands open? This is a very common one for me. And it's an I'm open to you, God. I pray for openness in them. Um, Often in gatherings like this, I might have my hands open. Please fill us with your Holy Spirit. Um, There's a sense of openness here. And the last one um, that I do is looking... um, is actually praying with my hand out, sometimes on somebody's shoulder, on them, but often um, just my thinking of that person. And that's me praying, wanting goodness on that person, wanting blessing and goodness on them. In the Bible, often we read that Jesus would put his hands and his disciples would place their hands um, on people they prayed for, praying blessing on them, uh, but also praying for healing and praying for a difference. And beautiful picture in the Bible of God the Father stretching out his hand, and placing his hand of blessing on each one of us, on each one of you, that God the Father desires to place his hand of blessing on you. Because I live the with God life, sometimes when I'm praying, my hands will change. Maybe sometimes I'm pleading with God for something, and I sense that I actually need to open my hands, and I actually need to pray for an openness. Sometimes I might be praying um, for protection, uh, for something and then change. God might guide me to, play, uh, to pray for blessing for that person. I can pray sometimes with no words at all. It's just the cry of my heart as I have my hands doing this. Most of the time, um, I'll do this when I'm praying in a group or when I'm at home. But we can do this driving along, seeing somebody that we think, oh, they look like they have a need. So we can stretch out our hand, even if we don't say words out loud. God bless that person. In a, in a room, somebody's telling us maybe terrible, tragic stories of their life. We can just have our hands together. Just, God, hear their prayer. Have mercy on them. Have mercy on them. In a moment, um, the band are going to play a song for us. If, if you guys want to come up, that would be good. If you're here this morning, I know many of you have chosen to, to live the with God life. And maybe some of you who don't know yet whether that's uh, what you're deciding, but maybe you're seeking. I believe that God can hear your prayers if you're here this morning and you're seeking him. But can I encourage you just to take your hands now, whoever you are, however old you are, young or old, just take your hands and just look at them for a moment. So your eyes are probably down. Um, But just look at the hands and just wonder, can God make a difference in me as I pray? The answer is absolutely he can. He says he can. He longs to make a difference through you. Maybe you're asking and thinking, I've been praying for something for so incredibly long. But can I encourage you, pray on, pray on. He hears you. What about our hands? Let's just take a moment now as we keep our hands open before us and uh, maybe somebody comes to our mind that we know is maybe lonely or sad or could just do with being filled with God, filled with his presence, uh, filled with his Holy Spirit, with his comfort, with his love. Just bring that person to your mind. And God, we pray that you will fill that person. Maybe it's us, ourselves that needs to be filled with your Holy Spirit, that we will believe, that we will pray and be used by you, God. 
our hands are open and we bring people to God. Maybe somebody comes to your mind and you know that they're having a really hard time. Maybe um, they're having a hard time with worry or fear or shame or other people being kind. If somebody comes to your mind now, can I encourage you um, to raise your hands up as if you're holding a shield. It doesn't have to be all that high. But just imagine yourself holding a shield. And if there is somebody that is in your mind, God, we give that person to you. We know that, um, that they need protection of some sort, that they need people to have faith for them. And so we hold up our shields of faith for that person and pray, come, do a work, protect them. Maybe there's people that come to your mind um, who we just want good things for. We just want good things for them. So maybe we'll just stretch out our hands and maybe just imagine that our hand is on their shoulder or a group of them. Um, Our hands are on their shoulders. And God, we pray for your blessing on these people that come to our mind. We pray good things on them. You know, God, the good things that they need. So we pray for good things upon them. Maybe there are needs in the world around you or needs in the lives of people that you know. And we want to plead with God. So maybe we take our hands and we clench them together before us. We hold them in our pleading um, hands and we pray, Lord God, for you to have mercy, for you to act in their lives, for you to act in those places in the world that need you. God, hear the cries of our hearts as we pray for those people. Amen to those. If we choose the with God life, whether for the first time today or we've been choosing the with God life all of our days, let us be people who pray courageously knowing that God works in us and through us and beside us and he is powerful. Let us pray and pray and pray and pray, knowing that he will make a difference in the world around us, that he will act in power. Let us pray, because as we have our hands out to him, he takes our hands in his. He holds our hands, and he says that he will be with us always and will never leave us. Let us be people of prayer.